Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Would you be the jerk for accepting a request to walk somebody down the aisle? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for poisoning housemate who ate my food without my permission and ended up in the ER? I, 19-year-old male, recently moved into a shared place and there's someone who keeps stealing my food. At first, I thought it was just a mistake, but even my leftovers were being eaten. It was very clear that the person was doing it on purpose. I spoke to my housemates about how I would just prefer to be asked first, but they were nonchalant about it and none of them admitted to doing it and I haven't caught anyone in the act. So I just tried to ignore it as it only happened every couple of days or so. A few days ago, I came home from work with a carton of eggs that I found while dumpster diving and some bread. I wanted to give the eggs the water test first before eating them, just to make sure they're safe to consume. But I was too tired and went to bed early without eating. The next day, I found out that one of my housemates got so sick, he ended up having to go to the emergency room. My eggs were not in the fridge where I left them, but I saw the carton and shells in the trash and my bread was opened. I had a hunch that it was him because there was a possibility that the eggs had gone bad, but I was also annoyed at the fact that he helped himself to my food without asking. When he came back, I asked him if he'd eaten my eggs and bread, but he denied. I then said okay, but I hope whoever ate them doesn't get as sick as you did because I found the eggs in a dumpster. His face immediately dropped and he looked visibly uncomfortable. He got angry and went from saying that he may have consumed the food by mistake as he wasn't paying attention and doesn't exactly remember and accusing me of poisoning him. He said that it's a health hazard to bring such food in communal spaces without warning everyone first as it's not uncommon for people in shared places to eat other people's food by mistake. He hasn't spoken to me since then and my housemates are siding with him and calling me disgusting for doing that. A part of me feels like I wasn't wrong because they were my eggs that I was fully intending on eating and I didn't think I had to warn people against eating food that didn't belong to them, but I also do feel bad and guilty that he got sick. So Reddit, please tell me if I was in the wrong. So am I crazy for saying OP is clearly the jerk, not for bringing food that made the person sick, but for putting food in the communal fridge that came from a dumpster? I think everybody there that might argue OP is the jerk is right because you would want to know if somebody wants to put something in the fridge that came from a dumpster. Maybe the eggs might still be edible. Doesn't mean I want them anywhere near anything else in my fridge. Just the germs and microbes that could be all over the outside of those eggs crawling around in the fridge. I'm looking in the comments to this story and there's four or five top comments that all say not the jerk, they shouldn't be eating your food. Is everybody just glancing over the fact that he got these eggs via dumpster diving and put them in the fridge? Also hi, I'm Steven and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my son he'll pay back for the cheese slash meat or he won't be eating Thanksgiving tomorrow? I'll keep this one short. Every year we have charcuterie boards before Thanksgiving meal at 6. 
just something everyone can pick at so they aren't dying of hunger by dinner time. My son, 16, loves cheese, and due to this I make sure to label when he can't eat something. I labeled all the stuff for Thanksgiving, don't eat. Well yesterday he went and ate all of the fancy meats and basically ate from each block that I bought. I truly was ticked since I worked extra hours to pay for it since the prices are awful now for a nice cheese. I told him he needs to go to the store to replace all of it which would cost him around $70. One of the cheese he ate was $18 or he doesn't get to eat Thanksgiving meal. He is refusing to pay for it back so no Thanksgiving meal, he'll eat a sandwich and he thinks I'm a horrible jerk. My husband's on his side and doesn't understand why I'm so ticked about it. Personally, I get where OP's coming from. They're putting in all of this effort to try to have a nice Thanksgiving thing. They went out of their way to say, don't eat this, labeled it. They're 16 years old, they know more than well enough by now. Either respect the food and the effort OP's going to, or just accept not being part of Thanksgiving. This next story is, am I the jerk for telling my sister she was naive when she thought her daughter would suddenly see her stepdaughter as a true sister when they didn't get along before? My sister has an 18-year-old daughter, Casey. It was just the two of them for 10 years. Casey never knew her dad, which means my sister had sole custody of Case. When she was little, Casey used to talk a lot about how there were these mean girls in school. One of them, Valerie, Case disliked more than the others. She was the worst. My sister did her fair share of complaining about the dad too especially when she had to replace an eraser a couple of weeks into school starting because Valerie broke it. When Case was nine, my sister and Valerie's dad started to spend time together, and then they got married a year later. There was a lot of shock on my part, seeing as my sister knew how Case felt about Valerie, and given her own complaints about Valerie's dad, allowing her to get away with so much. But he's an attractive guy, and I guess that won out over everything else. The announcement to Case went about as well as can be expected. She was furious at her mom, more so on her wedding day because my sister wanted the girls to match and look like sisters for the first time. Valerie used the wedding to taunt some of Case's friends, saying she was going to replace them with her. It only added fuel to an already bright fire. Case ultimately refused to take part in the wedding on the day and sat with me. Things in their household were tense for years afterward. My sister would get upset that Case was so mad about it, that she didn't change her opinion of Valerie at all, and that she would very strongly deny that they were sisters. About two years after she got married, my sister decided they all needed family therapy. It was only in the last two years that Valerie appears to have grown, and from the outside, it doesn't look like she's the bully she once was, but Case still cares nothing for her. Both girls graduated in May, and Case moved out and in with me, wanting to get away from Valerie. The other day, my sister and I met up for lunch, and she was venting about Case not talking to Valerie at all, and how Valerie had wanted them to meet up every day after classes started. They go to different colleges, but both are local, but Case didn't even answer her. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. She said she thought after all these years, Case would see Valerie as a true sister. And even if she didn't like her... There would be some sense of family loyalty there. I was shocked to hear my sister say that. She noticed and asked me why I looked like a fish. I told her I'd never expected her to be so naive to think Case would feel that way when she hated Valerie long before she, my sister, met her husband. My sister's attitude changed very fast, and she told me that I'm the naive little brother to think these things don't change when family bonds are created. I told her that family bonds aren't created that easily when there's already bad blood present, no matter how much she might want them to be there. She told me I owed her an apology and she'll be waiting for it. Am I the jerk? OP's definitely not the jerk here and the sad thing is, Case has been ignored their entire time having to deal with this. Their feelings have been marginalized, boxed up and put aside. They try to wrap up this forced relationship in some nice wrapping paper, set it in front of Case and say, Come on, open it, recognize it. Our next story is, am I the jerk for banning my son's mom from a memorial? My ex-wife Diana had three boys who are 16, 12, and 10. We divorced pretty much after the youngest was born. We also both remarried. She married Christopher and got a divorce last year after seven years of marriage. I'm still happily married to my wife Jessica. Christopher and my boys were pretty close and they were bummed when the divorce happened. I always got along with the dude. A few months after the divorce, Christopher disclosed that the divorce was over his being diagnosed over adenocarcinoma, and Diana not wanting to be his nursemaid or responsible for his medical bills, checks out. He told me this because he wanted to leave whatever he had to my kids. Unfortunately, he had no family of his own. Obviously, I said of course and signed paperwork. A few months ago, I got a call from a social worker saying that Christopher was a few months from dying and unable to care for himself. He gave her my number. Basically, they needed someone to help with end of life. He had made me his power of attorney. He was living in a county hospice and my wife and I moved him into our home because he deserved to live his final days in dignity. It also taught my kids about compassion. Unfortunately, he died after two weeks. He was cremated a few days ago, and me, my wife, my kids, and a few of our friends are planning to spread his ashes at the beach this weekend. Diana asked if she could attend, and I told her to kick rocks. She wanted nothing to do with him when he was dying. I'm not saying Christopher was a burden, but that's really sad that this dude had to reach out to his ex-wife's first husband like he did. It was clearly more her responsibility. I said she can't sit there and let us do all the hard work so she can come in at the end as the grieving widow. My older son thinks I should let her come, and I told him to mind his own business and mouth. I'm not going to sugarcoat your mom for you. Your mom is a witch and will be treated the same way she treated your stepdad. 
I don't think OP's really out of line here. I think honestly the Sun should see this and maybe they won't get it now but maybe if they reflect on it later, they may be able to realize why OP acted the way they did. The utter lack of compassion for this poor dying man. Our next story is, am I the jerk for asking my friend and her boyfriend to pay me the cost of ingredients for the Thanksgiving dessert they ate? I, 22 year old female, live with my friend Chelsea, 23 year old female. The two of us live there on a lease, but her boyfriend Jake, 23 year old male, will often come over to spend time with her. Not so much it's like he's practically living with us for free, but enough that I don't get surprised if I come home to see him on the couch occasionally. Yesterday I made an Oreo dirt cake for Thanksgiving. I'm the dirt cake lady for my family and friends. I'll make it for birthdays, Christmas, New Year's and Thanksgiving. People will ask me to make it or I'll do it as a given. This year, I changed things up slightly with golden Oreos and was happy with the result as I got it loaded into our freezer for it to set overnight. I checked on it briefly this morning and transferred it to the fridge before going to work. Now, while Jake eats while over at our apartment, it's usually Chelsea's food or food we share with each other, like pizza, chips, popcorn, etc. I don't mind if either of them eat some of my food, but I will point out if something is for a special occasion so they don't eat it. I texted Chelsea that the dirt cake in the fridge was for my family's Thanksgiving dinner and to keep her and Jake's hands off it. She gave me a thumbs up emoji in reply and I didn't think anything of it. I didn't expect when I got home to see Chelsea and Jake on the couch watching a movie with the bowl the dirt cake was in on the living room table and half eaten. There were two big spoons inside of it. Obviously, I got irritated and asked her why the freak did she and her boyfriend eat the dirt cake when I explicitly said to leave it alone since it was for my family in my text. Chelsea tried to claim that the text must have not gotten through, but I shut that down quickly by showing that she replied to it. Chelsea clammed up, and Jake tried to defend her by saying it's just pudding, which ticked me off more. I remembered that I still had time to remake the dirt cake, so I asked Chelsea and Jake to give me honey so I go shopping to buy the ingredients and redo it, telling them the price. They both refused and told me I was being overly dramatic over a dessert that doesn't even taste all that great. I asked them if it wasn't good, then why is half of it gone in one sitting? They didn't answer me so I rolled my eyes and told them I expected the money by tomorrow morning. Jake left soon after that and Chelsea refused to speak to me for the rest of the night. I told my siblings what happened and they told me I was right to ask them to pay for the cost. Our mutual friends, however, think I'm being dramatic over the situation and think I should just pay for it myself. I don't think OP's overdramatic or out of line at all. I think most people would be frustrated in this situation and they would want some kind of at least apology, some way for them to make it up to them. Our next story is, am I the jerk for always letting my middle daughter choose her room slash bed first on vacations? My husband and I have four kids, Evan, 20, Adriana, 16, Elizabeth, 15, and Michael, 15. We try to travel three to four times a year. Three years ago, the night before we were supposed to leave, my friend told us we couldn't use her cabin anymore. We were all looking for new places, and Adriana sent a listing for this small town in the middle of nowhere. We ignored it the first few times she sent it, but she eventually talked us into looking at it, and it was perfect. We paid a little over $200 a night for a beautiful cabin on the lake with a game room and enough beds to allow everyone to get their own bed. The people were great, the drive wasn't bad, and there was actually a lot of things to do there. It's become one of our favorite vacation spots. When Adriana was 14, we pretty much started letting her book family vacations. 
She had to run everything by us first, but she was the one that chose where we went and where we stayed. Her only condition is that she gets first pick for rooms and beds. She's even booked an international vacation for us, including flights and a rental car. We've given the kids other opportunities to help with vacations. They all know if they can find a place that we'd want to go and stay within a budget. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They can get first dibs if we book it. The problems are that they have a hard time sticking to a budget, or they're set on a specific place even if it's not suitable for everyone. They'll pick a hotel or rental that's nearly the entire or over the vacation budget, or doesn't have enough rooms because it has a specific feature. Because of this, we almost always go with Adriana's choice. We recently spent three nights in a cabin with three bedrooms, two rooms had a king bed and an end suite, third had four twin beds. Adriana chose one of the rooms with the king beds. There was a pull-out couch available, but none of them wanted it. After we left, they were upset that Adriana got her own room and bathroom while the rest of them had to share. I told them they know the deal and that if they can find a place for everyone, stay within budget, and pick a place that we'd all want to go to, they can also choose their room and bed. They say they try, but we always pick Adriana's listings. I told them her listings are usually more practical. We paid a little under $600 for the cabin that we stayed at after taxes and fees. It had so many free activities nearby that the entire three-day vacation for six people came out to be just under $1,000. They can't beat it with an $1,800 listing with two beds and a single bathroom. They think we're being unfair and should rotate who books the vacations and chooses the rooms. But I just don't have that kind of money to throw away, and I'm not going to deal with the fighting that'll inevitably come when they pick a place with not enough beds or bathrooms. I think the problem is here that when OP's arguing that the other vacations the other kids try to plan are either more expensive or are just flat out unfair for everybody, the problem is the ones Adriana chooses are still ending up being unfair for everybody, even if, for a vacation's sake, I don't think it's that uneven. It's just the fact that she always gets to pick places where she's going to guaranteeably have this nice room with a giant bed and a bathroom all to herself, while all the other kids have to share one bathroom and one room by themselves. If OP wants to talk about boarding and accommodation being equal for everyone, shouldn't it be equal for everyone? Do they ever agree to equalize things by cycling out who has to stay in the lesser rooms on these vacations? Our next story is, am I the jerk for not reimbursing my friend for an ingredient I used for dinner? So the gist of things is that I, male 28, have a friend, female 32, who I meet up with around once a week for dinner. They'll usually be at my home, since she doesn't have much space at hers, and because I'll be the one cooking. I love cooking, have been doing it since I was 6, and I'll usually prepare us dinner with a mix of pantry staples and a few things I'll add into my weekly grocery shop. It's a nice little break in the week and we both really enjoy it. The issue arose when my friend contacted me and told me they would have other friends visiting from abroad on the day we were set to have dinner. She wanted to hang out with them, but also wanted to make our dinner. 
I suggested if they were open to the idea, they could come with her and I would cook for all four of us. She spoke to them and they agreed. On the day of, I asked my friend if they had any requests. She asked for a local dish that comes with a steak topping, baked Japanese curry rice with steak if anyone is curious, and I said that would be fine. I would get the cheese if the three of them could get the steak they wanted for themselves. I myself am vegetarian, but I don't mind cooking meat for guests. She agrees. I also give her some suggestions for what she can ask for in Japanese to get a good, mid-priced cut of steak. When they arrive, I'm already doing my prep. My friend hands me the steak and I notice it's a very high quality one, practically coated in marbling. I mention how surprised I am and she laughs it off saying that the assistant she spoke to recommended it as a very good cut. I carry on cooking. We ended up having a great dinner. Everyone was very complimentary about the food and I opened some wine I'd bought for the dinner too. We ended up chatting until quite late before everyone left. Things got a little awkward after they left. I received a text from my friends saying that they'd all enjoyed the dinner and asking me to transfer her around $64 for the steaks. I refused, pointing out that I hadn't eaten any and that I'd paid for everything else. She then said that I should have told her I wouldn't be willing to include the steaks in the dinner and prepared something else and she wouldn't have bought them as her finances were tight at the moment. To me, this doesn't really hold water. Firstly, because she's aware I'm a vegetarian and wouldn't include steaks unless asked, but more so because she specifically bought a more expensive cut of steak than my recommendation, which feels very presumptive if she truly believed I was paying for it. However, responses from her and some of our friends have been mixed. Some support me, whereas others highlight that she's been struggling financially and that it's unfair to spring a charge on her now after I covered the cost for all of our other previous dinners, making her expectations reasonable. A few have also cited the maxim of the person who extends the invitation pays, which I'm not very familiar with, but is apparently a thing? So am I the jerk for not paying this back? I mean, to me, I see this, I see the whole situation, and my gut is saying OP is not the jerk. They didn't partake in it, they did help out in cooking it, OP wasn't the one who suggested it or brought it up. In fact, I would argue that if somebody says, if you bring it, I'll prepare it, kind of advocates for the person bringing the ingredient to pay for said ingredient. OP never said that they would compensate the price of the steaks and I think it's pretty presumptuous to assume so. This next story is, am I the jerk for not having my brother and sister-in-law's baby room set up by the time they arrived and ruined Thanksgiving? So this situation, in my opinion, is ridiculous, so parents please chime in. My brother, 36, and his wife, 34, and myself, 34, are all visiting my mom's house for Thanksgiving, and being the new parents of their one-year, three-month-old first baby, they are quite protective in my opinion. FYI, I don't have any kids. Recently they had all these stringent requests, such as having a baby gate but it needs to be the drill-in, not the pressure ones. Even though the stairway has a door with a lock on it so the stairs are not accessible, blackout shades for the room the crib is in, and even agreed to let my mom sleep on the couch so that they could be closer to the baby and in exchange, my mom would sleep on the couch for the duration of the stay. Fast forward to today, the blackout shades take 5 minutes to set up and while I had agreed to do it 3 months ago, I told them it made no sense to do it so far in advance since we prefer sunlight in the room and we could set it up instantly when they arrive. Unfortunately, I exited work late, and in combination with traffic, 
I arrived exactly 45 minutes after they had arrived. They were furious. They swore to never come back again if we delayed the baby's sleep by 45 minutes to an hour. They claimed that the baby is going to suffer because I am unreliable and the shades had not been set up before they arrived. They're now deciding to leave first thing in the morning. Keep in mind, this is a simple setup. A literal bath rod and blackout shades and then putting that in the window. Everything was purchased, it just had to go on the window. Some background info, they drove about 7 hours with traffic, so I get they're tired and exhausted, and the baby was probably crying, so they were on edge. Also, we promised to have it ready, but it wasn't done in time. Also, I'm kind of ticked off because of the following. 1. My brother's dog was having an allergic reaction, so I fronted my brother the money, $400, no questions asked, and no repayment requested. 2. Just recently I traveled to Boston to scope out apartments and neighborhoods on their behalf since they're moving there soon but live too far to travel and they have a baby. $2,000. 3. My mom supported him and his wife prior to them having a baby and let them both live rent-free for an extended period of time in her house to help them save money. I feel they're entitled and spoiled and should not be acting this way. I'm also upset because my sister-in-law was telling my mom how it was unfair how everything wasn't set up prior to their arrival, even though we said it would be. I think it's unreasonable because moving the crib up a set of stairs is impossible for my mom, as she's older, and everything could have been resolved with putting up blackout shades in 5 minutes where the crib currently is, and everything else in the morning. Does one hour difference in sleep schedule truly make a child slash baby suffer? I completely understand, like, should you have had it set up beforehand? Probably. Is it that big of a deal? No, it takes 5 minutes. Somebody's gonna blow up a whole family holiday over something like this? And OP was already willing to be so accommodating, especially like with drill-in baby gates. Most parents would have to just kind of bring all the supplies themselves or be expected to supply those kinds of things themselves, right? Our next story is, am I the jerk for accepting my daughter's request for me to walk her down the aisle and fill in for a mother-daughter dance at her wedding when my husband has been her stepdad since she was 10? I lost my first husband when our children, Kala, 24-year-old female, and Hawthorne, 26-year-old male, were 6 and 8 years old. I remarried 4 years later. I met my husband a year after losing my late husband. We were friends for several months dated some, stronger feelings developed, and I introduced them to the kids to see how they would get along. We halted for a year while my kids and I did some therapy because their reaction to my husband was strongly negative because they didn't want to replace their dad. But once therapy was ongoing, they were doing better. From there, things moved faster, but the kids were on board for things to move on. They were clear, however, that my husband was not going to be filling the role of a dad in their lives. My husband said that he was fine with that, as long as he was respected and they could work toward being a caring family. Kala and I were always close, but she was a real daddy's girl. Losing her dad was extremely tough for her. She did form a nice relationship with my husband, but it comes nowhere close to the bond she had with her dad. From the age of 12, she and I became much closer. I think my parenting style, as well as my willingness to talk about her dad, even after I remarried, made me someone she felt she could be open with. She was 15 when she told me if she ever got married, she would want me to walk her down the aisle and for us to do a mother-daughter dance, instead of a father-daughter one. I told her we could dance to the song her dad used to sing to her. 
she said she loved the idea. Even though she seemed to mean it, I always assumed things would change when she got older. I figured she would choose to walk alone, with her brother as a representation of her dad and their close relationship, as well as for the societal expectation for a man to do it, or with her husband. But when she got engaged three weeks ago, she asked me right away. She brought up our past conversation and told me she wanted exactly that. I told her I would be honored. We cried tears of joy together. I told her that her dad would be so proud. My husband took the news in a way I did not expect. His first question was whether I suggested she ask us both to do it, and I told him no. Then he asked if she ever considered asking him, and I said I couldn't answer that for her. He asked me if I thought of him when I said yes. He asked whether I gave any thought to all he has done for Kala, for both kids, and the fact that he's still not looked upon as a fatherly figure all these years later. I told him I didn't think of him when asked because I was overjoyed. He told me I should have given him a lot more consideration and I should have tried to compromise with my daughter. I thought he would change his stance but now, three weeks on and he feels I was wrong. He told me he felt he deserved more from all of us, but especially me. He said I'm his wife. I should be working on making sure he's respected and honored for his contribution to the kids' lives. Am I the jerk? OP's definitely not the jerk, and I really hope this guy can learn to come around on this. I pray for his, OP's, and the relationship between him and the kids' sake that he can recognize that it's just not the hill to die on. God forbid he puts any progress they had on having a bonded relationship up in flames because he feels slighted here. OP walking their kid down the aisle is a beautiful thing in my opinion. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely tricky am I the jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.